0: Welcome back to The Last Slice of Pizza. I am your host, James, and today we are talking about the episode, Wavelength. It starts out at night, when someone emerges from the water to the island the Titan's Tower is on. It moves in shadow, tripping the laser alarm, causing everyone to get up. It starts on Cyborg, then we see Starfire Raven... Robin, and then Beast Boy's like five more minutes before Cyborg grabs him and uh, gets him ready. The Titans emerge to hear whatever it is forcing the door open and are at the ready to take on this threat. But once in the light, it's revealed that this figure is Aqualad, who exclaims, your trash is in my ocean, and then we get the opening. And then after the opening aqualad makes a presentation about an underwater base built up by brother blood after he lost the hive academy aqualad is sure the titans know who brother blood is and cyborg recounts how he took down the academy and hasn't heard from brother blood since but now he's back and underwater aqualad tried to fish him out but since brother blood's powers prevent him from using his telepathy He had no fish to help him out, meaning, and Beast Boy finishes, you got schooled. Aqualad says he's contacted an agent within the Hive who sent him the plans for Brother Blood's newest plan, a sonic generator that can cause a tidal wave that could take out the city. Cyborg gets mad because it's not just any sonic technology, it's his. Aqualad explains that when cyborg was hacking the hive brother blood was hacking him cyborg gets more angry and vows vengeance he begins concocting a plan where he goes against brother blood however robin interrupts and says that since cyborg is most familiar with this tech he should be the one to turn off the system while they try to get brother blood cyborg argues that this is personal but Aqualad tells them that their time is limited and they have to move fast. Robin starts making a plan while Cyborg looks on in quiet contemplation. So the Titans deploy the sub as a sub again and go underwater with Aqualad and Beast Boy swimming outside. Usually he's a shark but once the sea gets darker he becomes an anglerfish. The music's also really good here. So Raven remarks, maybe we should stop and ask for directions before Starfire spots the base. And the base is also really cool looking, but it is made of Cyborg's technology. From the inside, Brother Blood spots them arriving and is giddy about Cyborg's return, saying he can finally thank him. He then instructs one of his students, Bumblebee, to release the mind-controlled squid, which she does. A door in some rocks opens, and then a squid spouting Cyborg's mechanical attributes arrives. Aqualad and Beast Boy avoid it, but it tackles the sub. Cyborg is mad because he notices his tack on the squid. Robin rallies them to employ defensive maneuvers. They shock the squid off the sub and rush out. Aqualad tries to control the squid, but can't find a connection, so he goes to punch it. It makes an impact, but then he gets captured, but Beast Boy as a shark bites the tentacle that uh, Aqualad is grappled by and chewing through it completely, freeing Aqualad. The squid then inks, distracting Aqualad and Beast Boy again, but Beast Boy becomes an anglerfish again to give them sight, but the squid moves and soon tackles the ship, crushing it. The ship breaks apart, causing the others to fall out, but Beast Boy becomes a whale to catch them all. Raven hopes that that is not what happened, but Cyborg turns on his light and it is true. Starfire remarks that while Beast Boy's quick thinking saved them, she is grossed out. Suddenly, the titans shift as Beast Boy is now trying to outrace the squid. Aqualad does so as well, but goes back to try and subdue it only to get knocked out of the way. Beast Boy still keeps swimming while the others are tossed around. As Aqualad lands, he spots the chase and sees some rocks. He goes to punch them, which Beast Boy races under, but uh, the squid doesn't, and the squid gets crushed. Aqualad and Beast Boy look on in victory. So they make it to the inside of the base, with Aqualad surfacing first. He then tells Beast Boy that it's safe, and he comes up and releases the others. Raven says two words. Breathmints, which I always thought was one word, but it is two. Beast Boy looks on, bemused, and then coughs up Raven's shoe. So, the team goes over everyone's assignments again. Aqualad and Beast Boy will take out the force field protecting the generator. Starfire Robin and Raven will try to ambush Brother Blood, while Cyborg uses that as a distraction to shut down the generator. Some Hive agents come in and start shooting. Cyborg is itching for a fight, but Raven puts up a force field and Robin tells him, you have your assignment. Cyborg goes through the entrance tube but grudgingly, while everyone else sets off as well. Cyborg is muttering to himself about how Robin is making him mad and Brother Blood is his villain using his blueprints and he wants to take him out. However, the vent he's crawling through flips and he gets dropped into an arena. Brother Blood appears on the TV greeting Cyborg. He reintroduces Bumblebee to him, highlighting that they were his top two students. But unlike Cyborg, Bumblebee wasn't a traitor. Bumblebee then unleashes an attack using her spark-generating gauntlets. And before we continue, because this is another fight scene, and those take a little bit, Let's talk about Cyborg's frustration. So this is the arc story of the season. And it has some levels of similarity between it and season one. Except it's not making some of the mistakes uh, season one made. Where like Robin's obsession with Slade seemed a little rushed due to how the show works. Cyborg wanting vengeance on Brother Blood is more understandable due to him getting hacked and having his blueprint stolen which makes the entire conflict personal. It is still trapped in the most of the episodes are filler, uh, like, mentality the show has, outside of theming, obviously, but uh, they understand that more and use it to their advantage because, like, you only need to get hacked once and have your blueprint stolen once before you get really mad and it gets really personal really fast. And, to be fair though, Slade is meant to be more of an enigma in general. He rarely shows emotion, whereas Brother Blood is more of an open book while still being just as big of a threat. And this kind of matches Robin and Cyborg's personalities as well. Like... Earlier in the episode, uh, like, we see Cyborg's, uh, quiet fury where Robin interrupts and makes a plan, and throughout the episode thus far, he's frustrated about not taking on Brother Blood personally, or at least not being able to lead the charge, and... That's the thing. Like, we're on our third season. We've seen Cyborg struggles with his, like, personal identity, his abilities, what he wants, how he fits in, and all that jazz. Whereas up until Masks, we saw Robin as this unassailable leader, and then it all comes crashing down in Masks. But, uh, like, we know what Cyborg is struggling with. We, we see his internal pain like time and time again whereas up until masks we didn't really see that from Robin and then then we did which matches Slade and how this season Cyborg matches Brother Blood where like they're both like we both understand them we understand them both on a fundamental level I'll have more to say later but for now let's get to the fight So Bumblebee lets out some stings while Cyborg jumps, does a flip, and aims his cannon at her after he lands. He says, Hey Bee, haven't seen you since. And Then Bumblebee interrupts, Since you betrayed Headmaster and destroyed our school, Cyborg replies, I was going to say the Sadie Hawkins dance, but that too. Brother Blood instructs Bumblebee to sting more and talk less. They fire at each other and both dodge, but Bumblebee uses her dodge to close the gap while Cyborg is backed into a wall. She jump kicks him and then fires again, but Cyborg dodges and keeps dodging her blasts. He climbs up onto a crane, tries to swing on it, but Bumblebee uh, stings the crane, so the tether uh, detaches and Cyborg falls. So uh, Cyborg gets up, dodges more stings, and then uses his extendo hand to grab the gauntlets and throw them away. Also, whenever we see Brother Blood on the screen, we see his expressions, and they are delightful. It's a nice touch, and it really plays into how Brother Blood is as a character. So Cyborg fires a blast, but Bumblebee uses a box to shield herself and then jumps over Cyborg to get her gauntlets back. She jumps up, uh, goes to land, and Cyborg takes aim and fires, but misses as Bumblebee reveals that she can fly, and he was aiming for where she would be had she fallen. We also see Cyborg and Brother Blood's faces make opposite gestures during this moment, which is another really cool touch, because, like, again, like, Cyborg and Brother Blood, like, you can tell usually what they're thinking at any given time and like this highlights that in a really clever way so cyborg is stunned and bumblebee says that they never shared any classes so he doesn't know what she can do uh they fire back and forth dodging but bumblebee has cyborg pinned again but he dodges out of the way of her kick this time bumblebee then shrinks and then proceeds to use her small height and agility to shock Cyborg figuratively and literally. We soon get a close-up of Cyborg's face, which goes into more detail than we usually see, before Bumblebee continues to lay down the hurt as Cyborg reacts in a comical way. It's a really funny scene in in the middle of a really good fight scene, and it's really good. Cyborg then loses track of her, but she hides on his face... And, again, we see more detail on it, but he finds her, brushes her off, flares his nostrils to blow her away, and then slaps her in his hands. She falls to the floor where Cyborg attempts to step on her, but she runs and then flies and then goes back on the attack, knocking Cyborg into a corner. She puts her gauntlets away, and then pummels him, and then grows back, and then uh, sends him flying. She then blasts him again as Brother Blood cheers. She fires off another one, but Cyborg dodges it as it hits the TV and cancels Brother Blood's signal. Bumblebee begins to speak, but Cyborg takes this opportunity to try and attack. Bumblebee throws him and tells him to cool it, Sparky, and explains that she is the double agent Aqualad mentioned. Cyborg is surprised, and Bumblebee says that she's been working Brother Blood for months. Cyborg asks why he couldn't mind control her, and Bumblebee responds, There's no man alive who can tell me what to do. Cyborg doesn't buy it, goes to attack, but Bumblebee counters by shrinking, dodging, and growing, and kicking him down. Cyborg rolls over, and Bumblebee aims her gauntlets at him, saying that if she really was trying, he'd be spare parts, and she also calls him Sparky again. She puts her gauntlets away and offers her hand to help him up and then team up to help save the city. Cyborg gets up on his own, ignoring Bumblebee's assistance, and says, Don't call me Sparky. You know, there's something else I'm realizing as I'm, like, saying all of this out loud, but I can't say it just yet. Uh... You'll have to wait for a later episode. I'm sorry. But, yeah, yeah, it it is something interesting. So, Brother Blood tries to get the signal back online, but can't and smashes the console. He then decides to take it out on Cyborg's friends. He sees what they're up to and begins to act. Aqualad and Beast Boy are swimming to shut down the force field when a swarm of cyborged piranhas show up and give chase. Robin, Starfire, and Raven finish off the batch of Hive Soldiers, and Robin has a lock on Brother Blood's position. Starfire wishes that they don't need to fight any more Hive Soldiers, but they open the door, there's another swarm of Hive Soldiers, and Raven says, you just had to say it. Meanwhile, during Cyborg and Bumblebee's infiltration, Bumblebee asks, why can't you admit that you lost? Cyborg says, if it was a real fight, I would have won. Bumblebee returns, you thought it was a real fight. And then Cyborg says, you don't know what I thought. They make their way through to a room and then proceed to do a little calculation. They each believe the core is in the opposite direction. Cyborg explains that his sensors, which uh, like you see is a sign that says "like this way, with an arrow pointing to it, which is a nice little comedic touch, uh, indicate where the core is. But Bumblebee counters, I helped build this place. Cyborg antagonizes her by saying, I bet you feel proud. Bumblebee snaps and says she was trying to bring down Brother Blood before Cyborg knew who he was, and she asserts her position as being in charge. Cyborg snaps back, saying it's his tech, his mission, he's in charge, and without him, she wouldn't know how to override the system. Bumblebee explains, actually... I'd just boost the wavelength, hey, that's the name of the episode, in the transition matrix, triggering a meltdown in the amplification system. Cyborg is stunned and vulnerable, saying, I never told anyone about that glitch. Bumblebee explains that she lifted Cyborg's blueprints from the mainframe, so Brother Blood doesn't have access to them, so that's one success. Cyborg tries to grab them, but Bumblebee holds on, saying she might need it in case you go down. Cyborg pleads with her that the isn't just the tech side of him, it's everything about him. His thoughts, his feelings, just him. And that is why he's, like, so upset and so, like, angry right now. Because, like, this is him we're dealing with, essentially. Bumblebee assures him she's only read about the Sonic Generator, and then teases him by uh, adding on a few memory files about Cyborg's big crush on Jinx. Before he can clarify, Robin contacts him saying that they're almost to Brother Blood's position and asks if they're at the core yet. And we see uh, like the three titans there like on the run from like Hive agents before Raven puts up a force field to stop them. Uh, Cyborg says... Almost, and Robin tells him to hop to it. And then they end the call there. Bumblebee asks, if it's your mission, why is he in charge? And that makes Cyborg just even more mad. He slams a nearby console, closing the door between him and Bumblebee. As he continues, Bumblebee yells at him. Aqualad and Beast Boy continue uh, escaping the piranhas. But one bites Beast Boy on the tail of his hammerhead form. They make it out of the worst of it, though, but Beast Boy rushes around in pain while Aqualad asks him to hold still. He removes the piranha, and Beast Boy mourns his beautiful bitten behind and promises never to sit on it again. They start making their way to the generator, but the door closes off, and then the room begins to crush them. So, Robin, Starfire, and Raven think they found blood, but his control room is empty. Aqualad contacts Robin, asking for assistance, saying they fell into a trap. Starfire notices a bomb and says, So have we. The bomb explodes, flooding the chamber. A cyborg makes it to the control room with roughly 30 seconds to spare. He tries going in, but finds the force field still up. Frustrated, he tries calling Robin, but Robin isn't answering. Brother Blood enters, saying, Your friends failed. Your mission failed. And your technology is going to be my greatest success. Cyborg angrily readies for a fight, but as the countdown drops further, Brother Blood remarks, Surf's up. And when it hits zero, the sonic generator goes off, causing Cyborg to fall victim to the sonic vibrations and causing him to collapse meanwhile outside a tidal wave forms and starts bearing down on the city and normally i tell you how good the music is but they decide not to have music to highlight the gravity of the situation for like this scene and it's really good like once the sonic generator hits the music stops and we see like the tidal wave coming in and it it just, like, really shows just how serious this is. Because, like, like normal horrific events, like, don't have a backing track. So, like, it just really instills the gravity of the situation. But then the music kicks back in. We see the tidal wave heading to the city. Aqualad and Beast Boy still getting crushed. And Robin, Starfire, and Raven swim to the surface to get some extra air but i reminded the room is actively flooding. Back in the chamber, the sonic resonance settles down, allowing Cyborg to get up. He fires a blast, but Brother Blood dodges it and takes off his cloak, revealing, like, a red warrior outfit? Red armor? I'm not 100% sure. So, Cyborg continues firing, but Brother Blood moves fast and closes in on him and gets some hits in before making a punch that just misses but uses it as a distraction to when it hits after he unfurls his fist. He kicks Cyborg off the balcony. Cyborg tries cursing him, but Brother Blood makes another attack, knocking him down again. Cyborg gets back up and starts unleashing some punches, but Brother Blood blocks them all and then attacks Cyborg's chest plate with two fingers, piercing it. Cyborg asks... How did you do that? And then Brother Blood answers, I read your blueprints, remember? Cyborg, in a fury, attacks again, but is pushed into a wall. He fires some missiles, but Brother Blood deflects them. He seems to miss one, but just as Cyborg thought it was a hit, Brother Blood appears unscathed. Robin takes his last breath as the chamber floods completely. The girls are working to plug the hole, while Robin uses one of his bombs to blow open the door. The bomb goes off, the hole is sealed, and they escape the chamber as the water flows out. Starfire celebrates not drowning by going back underwater. Robin finds a terminal and hacks in to try and save the others. He turns off the force field defense mechanism which stops Aqualad and Beast Boy from getting crushed. Once the trap stops, Beast Boy asks, do I look thinner? And then his belt falls off. Aqualad rushes in and Beast Boy reinflates himself. Aqualad tells Beast Boy that they have to short the system, and Beast Boy turns into an eel to jump into the uh, electric power station to do so. In the chamber, Brother Blood has Cyborg pressed against the force field when it disappears. Brother Blood is befuddled, and Cyborg says his mission still has a shot. Brother Blood says, how can your mission still have a shot when you don't have a chance? And he begins using magic to just shock and stunlock Cyborg. Now, I will say, Brother Blood's powers do kind of come out of nowhere, but at the same time, I think it makes sense. It's not really something that, like, you know, he he is the arc villain of this uh, season, so like. I don't, I don't think him being overpowered out of nowhere is that much of a detriment to it. Or even a detriment at all, really. <clears throat> so, uh, as Cyborg is in agony, Bumblebee comes in and decks Brother Blood. She offers her hand to Cyborg again, but this time he accepts. Then, they both agree that Bumblebee should take Brother Blood while Cyborg shuts down the system. Brother Blood gets up and is furious about another spy. Was anyone at my school here to learn? Bumblebee remarks, I learned plenty. And The two exchange blows in a high-flying but more fair fight. Meanwhile, Cyborg makes his way to the control panel, inserts his arm, and causes the system to crash on itself. Brother Blood curses his latest loss as the building starts falling apart. He and Bumblebee exchange a few more blows, and the override causes an implosion in the waves to cause a second wave to rush out and block the first wave before it can reach the shore. Brother Blood makes a run for it, saying, That's two headquarters you owe me. Cyborg and Bumblebee rush to get him, but they lose him immediately. The others find them, and Robin says that they need to escape. Cyborg reminds them that their sub is Toast, and Beast Boy points out that they could just ride in his mouth again. Everyone begrudgingly goes except for Raven, who would rather just drown. The facility starts to flood, and Raven does just stay there, but Starfire grabs her before the water can take her, and they escape in Beast Boy's mouth, except for Aqualite, who swims alongside Beast Boy. So at the tower, the team is going over tracking information, and say that Brother Blood is headed east. Something pops up and Cyborg wonders if it's Brother Blood, but it's actually Dr. Light robbing a bank. Aqualad says, your city needs you. I'll go east and track him, and if I'm in trouble, I know who to call. Bumblebee interjects and says that she'll be there to bail him out as well. The music here is really good, too. Uh, The other core titans begin mobilizing, but Bumblebee asks Cyborg if he wants to come along, uh, since this is his mission. Cyborg says, my mission is here. Bumblebee leaves, but not before giving Cyborg his blueprints back and calling him Sparky again, but he doesn't seem to mind this time. Bumblebee leaves, and Robin calls Cyborg, saying, it's time to go. Cyborg says, yeah, it just might be. He heads out with his team. Ending the episode. So that's a heck of a way to end the episode. But before we get into that, let's talk about everything else. So this episode delivers on the full spectrum of emotions to expect from this show. It's balanced in its comedy, its action, its drama, and all of them are working in full force. Like, I say it's like season one story, but slightly different in the best way possible. In a sense, all three seasons so far have the story of adult has an obsession with a teen and tries to use them and do evil things, but each one takes its own path. Now the past season three is on fixes some of the pacing issues season one had by both making it very personal for uh the hero and the villain, and also giving us like a hero and villain who are more expressive. Whereas like season one, Robin was like more like quiet until like it swung heavy where like season three things are swinging heavy from the outset and uh like in a sense there's also some season two dna in here as well because like season two did a good job at setting out the story in a short time and like they needed to do that though to like drive the emotional point home since they introduced a new hero but they took that like the lessons they learned from season two to like be able to set up a story in a short amount of time and like deliver and like season two has a new hero old villain while season three has old hero new villain So even with all of this comparison, it is hard to actually like compare since the way the story is being told is like so different, like masks and betrayal go incredibly hard. Well, like this episode doesn't go like as hard on the like sourness, like it goes hard, but it spreads itself out incorporating more lighthearted and goofy moments. And, like, this might be closer to Titan Rising with the team taking on a main bad guy's base with two people sort of fighting each other. And Betrayal also had its lighthearted moments, but the serious moments were a little more serious. But that doesn't really, like, take away from, like, this episode being good. It's just very different. Like, season one... Like, you're getting, like, off the ground and stuff. And, like, there's some, like, awkwardness to the team and how they work together. Because, like, even though they've been a team for some time as of season one, they're still learning. In season two, like, you up the ante a lot. But, like, season three... Uh, cyborg and brother blood they feel like they take what works with their show and what this show's identity is and just like put it to the max and i feel that is like really good in it of itself like i i love season two i have a place forever in my heart for it but like season three is like also really good at what it does so that's why it's hard to compare because like they do two sort of different things pretty different things i don't know how different but like different enough for it to be noticeable and Like, I will say, if someone said that, like, season three was their favorite season, like, with the arc story, I wouldn't blame them either. Because, like, yeah, I'm impressed so far. Because, like, it, it does a good job at, like, you know, giving, like, characters we've known for a bit, like, new problems and new situations to get into and, like, see how, like, like an arc villain that like matches them like fits and it's it's so good Uh. but anyway let's visit our hero and his final words now cyborg was basically hinting that maybe he should leave the titans to be a hero elsewhere maybe taking bumblebee up on her offer at some point And throughout the episode, we see Robin taking charge as the leader, frustrating Cyborg. On the one hand, Robin does have a point at some points. Where, like, Cyborg is the one who would know how to shut it down the most. So while, like, Cyborg does want to take on Brother Blood, like, that is the mission. That's the important mission that they need to do but at the same time cyborg feels violated like because this is his tech his soul that's being used for evil and he does not like that one bit and like i feel like a validation of cyborg's feelings or just like cyborg being able to like express himself more would help calm things in the like short term especially like uh like between him and bumblebee because like after bumblebee reveals that she's the double agent cyborg is still like angry and lashes out at her and like that eventually subsides as, like, you know, Cyborg realizes that, like, he needs help and that, like, he he can't do this alone. And, like, Bumblebee, like, comes in and helps him anyway. But in the long term, Cyborg has a lot to think about. Because he's essentially the second in command of the Titans. And, uh... That's not an easy position. And like Cyborg feels ready to lead. And he has a greater motivation to do so. For this like brother blood thing. And he's thinking about it. Not just because he and Robin are at odds at times. But also how he sees himself. And how he feels. Like we've seen Cyborg be a great hero. But also feel inadequate as a hero. As a person. And being able to like command that respect uh especially since he knows what he's doing might help like he just wants to like feel like he belongs and he's starting not to feel like that because he's he his suggestions are being ignored he's being treated like You know this is another mission when it is not for cyborg there's there's a lot of things going through cyborgs head he feels vulnerable and he doesn't want to feel vulnerable and like he thinks that like maybe splitting off maybe going with bumblebee and aqualad to the east might help that situation But we don't know for sure yet. So just to end this episode and wrap up my feelings on it, I feel like this is a perfect storm of everything that makes this show what it is. And what it is is goofy, fun, action-filled, dramatic, like personal, interpersonal, the whole nine yards. And that will be where I end this episode. So I would once again like to thank The Unknown King for the use of our theme song. And be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they head east and be sure to tune in next time where we go over the episode the beast within and i cannot wait for this one i will see you then